everyone, and welcome to episode 253 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have a small crew this week. Richard couldn't be here. He's uh, out at the Grand Canyon or something uh, doing fun things. So that means it is just me and Krim today, probably better known as the Asian Avenger. What's going on today, Krim? <laughs> How's it going, Seth? Yeah, we're going to have to hold it down without Richard's uh, spiky, you know, double <laughs> mythic. <laughs> yeah, I that I didn't realize Richard was, like, crushing it on Arena. He, like, sent us that picture over the weekend where he was, like, top 200 or 300 in construct, uh, limited and, like, mythic 98% in constructed. So, apparently, uh, among uh, finding time among going to, like, the Grand Canyon doing all this fun stuff, <laughs> Richard is also just, like, crushing Magic Arena in all formats, so... <laughs> yeah, when he's not when he's not <laughs> farming all of us on Arena, he's in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, our plan for today, we're going to be uh, jumping around, I bet, I think. We got a few different topics we wanted to hit on. Secret layers. Last week, we talked about what they were, but we actually know uh, what cards are in them now and, like, the actual drops. So we're going to talk about secret layers a bit. Want to talk a little bit about the release of the GP schedule for the first part of 2020, along with uh, what it means for paper standard. And then Pioneer, Modern, uh, a couple of other formats we've been playing or maybe not playing. Want to hit on those and then answer some fish mail, of course. So that's kind of the plan for today. But before we jump into all that sweet stuff, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Spikes Academy. And today they are having a Cyber Monday sale at their apparel store. They have lots of really cool t-shirts and hoodies with magic related themes. And you can check out their store over at spikesacademy.myshopify.com and enjoy a 20% discount today for the Cyber Monday sale. So thank you so much to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And on that note, let's talk a bit about magic. Let's start with kind of a fun topic, uh, Krim. Secret layers. So you actually yeah. got to reveal one of these. You were the one of the chosen content creators to show off one of them. What was your secret layer? And then uh, what were the what were the rest of them about? So the one I got to reveal was the Seeing Visions one, which was you know Serum Visions, uh, <laughs> and I was actually abs- like this product is a product that I think is. Like something that I really enjoy just because I love promos. And as you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I love mixing and matching all my cards. So, uh, for some, I noticed that like some people, they wanted it. So like maybe it was a play set of one artwork, right? But for me, it's like example, I got four different Serum Visions arts and I loved it because my favorite thing about magic is celebrating the art of magic and having multiple copy, like having a, like, Every different artwork of a ser- like four different serum visions in the, in like a, in a deck is something that I love. Yes, I think that like shaves according to like, you know, that like that shaves a few percentages, uh, because you're, if, if your opponent goes thought sees and looks at your hand, they need to write down, if they write down which art it is or memorize which art you have, and then you cast a different serum visions, they'll know you have a different card. Or you still honestly have the like yes I technically you you are correct and I've yeah. said the same thing before but in like reality it's such a small thing yeah like, I, I don't think yeah. it's not like you're going to uh be on track to like win a grand prix or something and then because you're playing mismatch art you like are like oh no all of a sudden I'm like X and five <laughs> and I'm out of the tournament like it's if like only a I didn't tiny have thing. yeah yeah exactly and that's why I just. I don't, I, I mean, I don't care, right? Like, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but I, I guess I, I'm the casual now, I guess, you know? <laughs> you, you've replaced Richard this yeah, week in yeah. the casual seat. Yeah. I do have to say, I think you got to reveal my favorite of the secret layer drops. We need more, uh, like, psychedelic art in Magic, I think. The art on those Serm Visions is so insane. I just, I love that style of art anyway, even outside of Magic. And seeing it on Magic cards is really cool. And the art on pretty much all the drops, I think, is really unique and really cool. But Serum Visions and, like, the psychedelic Serum Vision art is just so sweet. Yeah, I, I think my two favorites, and, and not because I reveal it, but, like, the Serum Visions one and the Bitter Blossom one were my favorite. I know the Bitter Blossom one got a lot of... uh Got, got a response, you know what I mean? Uh, from, from the internet, but that, like, because like really it's just a bitter blossom and four tokens, <laughs> but the tokens uh, are like absolutely gorgeous. And I, I, I don't know. I am a huge fan of it. I love that bitter blossom one. And, I, and like, I yeah. also, uh, 
I think I called that during last week's podcast too. That was like my my prediction. Like maybe it's just a bitter blossom and, and some tokens, and that, that's exactly what it ended up being. So <laughs> let's let's run let's run through these drops real quick for people and just kind of give like a short uh, I don't know review of the various drops. So first, of course, starting uh, well, I guess when this podcast is live, you'll be able to do it for the next twenty ish hours or so. You can buy all the drops for two hundred dollars. So if you want most of them. Uh, you can do that today. Just pick up all of them. But as far as the individual drops, we mentioned Bitter Blossom Dreams. Bitter Blossom, four tokens, all with different art. Uh, this one, Krim, is one of the ones I think you said you were most excited about. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I absolutely love the full art, uh, like the full art look on the Bitter Blossom. Um, like, as you know, you have we have the uh, Modern Masters or Ultimate Masters art. Uh, you have the box topper, but... I also like this because it has, like, the game day promos. Like, you know what I mean? If you top eight a game day, the, like, that whole border. And the four tokens are just absolutely gorgeous together. Like, if you sit everything side by side, it, it like, forms one gigantic picture that I'm really a huge fan of. Yeah, I think Bitter Blossom is, it's definitely sweet. It's definitely, for me, was one of the most jarring drops because, as you mentioned, it's kind of basically wizards just like selling people a bitter blossom uh for the most part which is i don't think it's like a bad thing necessarily i guess like there's some questions like what it means for local game stores like why would you buy a bitter blossom from your local game store if you can just buy one for wizards and uh this one is actually a little bit cheaper i think than the going price for a bitter blossom if you're in the market for bitter blossoms it's uh this is one of the 30 dollar drops and i think the cheapest uh, Bitter Blossom that was already in existence was like 35 or $37, the Ultimate Masters one, I think. So if you want Bitter Blossoms, it's definitely a good deal. What do you think about the LGS aspect, Krim? Is that like a concern that your LGS has a bunch of Bitter Blossoms they bought, presumably to like sell to players, and now people are just going to buy them from Wizards? Or is that kind of like uh, overblown, that concern, you think? If we're talking about specifically Bitter Blossom, I don't think it was like people were just going to like come falling through the ceiling to buy bitter blossom but <laughs> I, I i do understand the concern about it right like you know like support your lgs uh and 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 like yeah like so it is a little bit of a concern because you know it depends how often this becomes a thing right like i mean like if this is just like you know every single card like Ma- wizards actually just starts selling singles then yeah that's different right but uh for i I don't think Secret Layer is a concern at all to me. Uh, if, if through my eyes, I don't think it's a concern for LGSs because these are just promos of random, like random cards. Like as I had mentioned, I don't think everyone's tr- rushing to buy Bitter Blossom. Uh, Wizards isn't really just going to start selling singles out of nowhere, right? So, and I guess I mean, as far as we know, they're time limited to twenty four yeah. hours, so that should hopefully limit supply to some extent. We, I don't think it's ever been like explicitly stated that they won't do the drops again at some point in the future. Like, have you could do like I don't know, secret layer masters where you like jam them all together into a booster product. I don't know if they've ever like promised that they would never be reprinted this way again, but it seems like the idea is uh, they will be somewhat limited in supply just by the fact that they're only for sale for a short period of time. Yeah. And like, it is, it is the only thing that is uh, like, I also feel it is a little unfortunate. Like example, it's the holiday season, right? So, Usually around the holiday season, you like, I think it'd be pretty cool for LGSs to have some kind of sweet limited product to, to put like to sell, right? And so it is a, a, a bummer that, you know, there won't be something like this for the LGSs currently, uh, unless yeah. something comes out in the next week or so that we don't know about. So, I mean, uh, like, yeah, that, that is, also- that is the bummer. Also, speaking of the timing, the timing is, like, a little strange to me. Like, I think that's, uh, the Secret Lair's a really cool idea, but they couldn't really guarantee shipping in time for the holidays. Plus, they're selling them why people are, like, spending their money to buy holiday presents for people, where people might not have, like, as much, I don't know, disposable income as they normally would because they're spending on holiday gifts, but these aren't guaranteed holiday gifts because I couldn't guarantee they were going to be there in time. So I kind of wish they had, like, put them for sale, I don't know, like, a month ago or something, maybe, where you would get them in time for the holidays and be able to 
to like get them as gifts for people potentially. So I think like the timing aspect is a little strange. I was pretty surprised when they were like, Oh, well you might get them for the holidays, but we can't actually like promise that. I was like, Ooh, that's a little weird. Cause I could definitely imagine this being a really cool, like Christmas gift or like stocking stuff or whatever, like holiday present for your like magic playing kid or whatever friend or something. But they kind of missed the mark on that aspect a little bit. I, I, I get it. You know, like, yeah, I would love to have this by, like, Christmas morning. But at the same time, I think it's pretty cool that we're going to have it, right? Like, because, yeah. like, the, the I, like the whole thing is, like, yeah, it's, like, being sold in a way where you have 24-hour windows to grab it. But in those 24 hours, you know what I mean? Like, you're guaranteed to get one as opposed to, like, not getting it and, like, the, uh, the, the mythic editions and whatnot where... <laughs> You may not get it. You, you're sitting in this queue and then, you know, boom, sadness. Oh, they're all sold out. So that part is super dice because I've been yeah. like going back and forth whether I want to get like all the drops or just a couple of them. And they went for sale. We're recording this at like noon and they went for sale at noon Eastern time. And I don't feel any like pressure to be like F5ing a wizard's page or like trying to hope that my whatever it doesn't crash yeah, when I'm putting my credit yeah. card number. I'm just like, hey, if I want one, like I can do the podcast. I can go do the stream. If I want one, I'll just like hop on later tonight and, you know, get one like no big deal. So I really like that it doesn't have that uh, that pressure that we've seen with like some of the other products sold directly from wizards. Exactly. Anyway, uh, drop number two, tomorrow's drop, Eldorain Wonderland 5 promo snow-covered foil basic lands. One of each basic land. Uh, I think the art's really cool on these. Value-wise, I'm a little bit like, meh? Like, if you want... I don't know, it's a pretty niche market, I think, where... You need to want snow-covered uh, basic lands, for one thing, and then you're not really getting a huge savings compared to getting, like, other snow-covered basics, like the Modern Horizons. It's roughly the same price, so I guess you get these because the art is really cool. What do you, what yeah. do you think of this drop, Grim? This is this is just strictly for the art, right? Like, you're, you're a promo... Like, as I said, this is really marketed towards the people that love their promos, their, uh, their, their premium cards, if you would, and, and, like, yeah, like, I think... If you look into that and like example, I th- at GPs, I'm trying to remember like remember uh, how you would get like just for playing in events or the main event, you would get a promo land pack. Yeah. People people were buying the promo land packs for what is around this price, anyways, right? So like or at least at like GPs and stuff. So like this is kind of like the same price, but with snow covered lands. So I mean, obviously the prices on the land packs dropped as more GPs happened, but like. You know what I mean? Like th- there aren't going to be like a ton, like a thousand GPs at least to our knowledge that's giving out these Eldraine Wonderland br- uh, drops, right? For for that's, a land pack. Yeah. So if that if that's the case, we're already people are already paying thirty bucks for those land packs. The only other thing I would say about this one is for normal people, non crim people who want their cards to look nice and matching. <laughs> I don't know what you do with one copy of each snow-covered basic land. I guess you could buy, like, multiples of them. I wish, with this drop, I think, I would say, with basic lands, one thing I learned uh, from Magic Online, where Magic Online, most of the bots have a limit of four cards. Yeah. Uh, you can't buy more than four copies of a card, but they make exceptions for basic lands, so you can get enough of the same basic to actually, like, play a deck. If they do basic land drops again in the future, I would love to see them have the limit be, like, 20, maybe, or, like, 25. So if you really wanted to be like, I'm going to play a monocolor deck with each of these lands and I want all my uh, arts to match that you could just buy them and do that so I think that would be something to consider for future basic land drops when we return to secret layer in the future yeah yeah definitely like I I know I have tons of friends that are like that too where like you know you have they pretty much want to throw my deck against the wall (laughs) Uh, I think I think that's one of the most humorous things ever like I I so, like, Paul Chion used to be in the area, right? And I remember one time I let him borrow my, my deck and I had all mismatched base, all mismatched lands in my blue black control deck. And Paul just like looks back at me. He's like, can, can I borrow someone else's blue black deck? <laughs> oh, crim. Crim, crim, crim. You just, you just have that effect on people when you're playing commander, when you're building decks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're there's... always the arch enemy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next next drop, Restless in Peace. This is the the dredge card drop, Life from the Low of Golgari Thug, Bloodgast. Yeah, I mean, 
if you're, I guess, if you're a dredge player and want these cards, I like how the art is uh, panoramic when you put them all together, and they did that with a couple of different drops. So yeah. I think it's a really cool idea to have like the panoramic art. The art looks good. I mean, the cards are fine. I, it's a little weird because they're not in Pioneer and. They're not really played in modern much anymore, so I'm not sure. Maybe like legacy dredge players is the main market. I don't really see them in commander much either, so I'm not sure exactly like who's buying dredge cards at the moment. But they do look really cool. I, I did. Loam and, and uh, Bloodgast are actually, I think, any and there's they're in a decent amount of graveyard decks. I think they were like, probably designing this back around when uh, Hogak was a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And back yeah. then, Bloodgast and Lova, those cards were, like, through the roof in Modern at one point. Yeah. Like, they're, like these cards are, like, there's still a few Life from the Loam decks in Modern, but, I mean, you know, whatever, like, the Saltai Crab deck or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, there's there's those decks, but, yeah, like, this, this to me, I was... So, like, I... I, I, I only knew what I had, right? So the Serum Visions, I didn't know what everyone else had and what came with all that. So when I, like, when I heard Restless in Peace get, like, mentioned as a title for one of the drops, I thought it was going to be literally just Rest in Peace. But like, that's what I was thinking yeah. too. And maybe like another hate, like stony silence or like white sideboard cards, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I thought it was that. So I was like, ho, 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 I gotta get that. <laughs> But as somebody that doesn't play graveyard decks in EDH or, uh, like, you know, that in modern, I just want it because it's the art. The promo art is just cool to me. And like you the had art mentioned, it's, it's panoramic. Uh, we already talked about the next one, which was the seeing visions drop, the four certain visions, the art, yep. literally some of my favorite art in all of magic, not just from the secret layers. Like I just love the art on these cards. So, uh, I think that's a win just from that perspective. Then we had, uh, goblins, the goblin drop explosion sounds, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a Goblins player, I like the style of the art on them. The overall, the goblins are a little, a little so-so, but they look really cool. Yeah. They, it, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, children's book arts. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly which one. That's what I, almost like, uh, yeah, children's book or like Pixar almost, like something, something yeah. childish sort of. Yeah. But I, but I like it. It's like definitely the, like this is one of the cooler, uh, releases in, like for me because I really do like just, that they pulled artists from outside of magic. So it's not like your usual, you wouldn't normally see some of this, right? Like, obviously when I look at like these goblins, they don't, they don't fit in with the rest of magic's art. Right. So that's why I'm a fan of it. Kind of would have liked to see like maybe a goblin guide or something, something a little bit like, I think the only thing I would say about this is these goblins aren't super constructed playable. I guess like Bushwhacker sees play in some modern decks. Lackey sees play in Legacy, but Legacy is kind of like a niche audience at this point. So I think maybe could have used one more like more constructed push goblin, but still the art is definitely uh, interesting. Yeah, like a Rabble Master even. Yeah, Rabble good. Master, something like that would be sweet. Well, our next one, Kaleidoscope Killers. I think this is the best commander drop. You just get Three five color legends, Erdragon, Sliver Overlord, Reaper King, also one of the most valuable drops if you just compare it to like the pre existing price of these cards. I think uh, Sliver Overlord by itself is like 35 bucks or something. Uh, yeah. So you're definitely getting your money's worth. And if you're a commander player, you're getting really sweet art. I think Reaper King, I'm pretty sure, doesn't have uh, any art except for its original printing. The Erdragon just has its commander printing. So these are cards that don't already have like a bunch of different art options out there. So that's a kind of another cool upside of this drop, I think. Yeah. I, I, now there is the whatever the the judge promo or whatever the promo is for Sliver Overlord, but I really like this artwork. Like this artwork for Sliver Overlord is just the most gorgeous one, and I love the colors on it. So really want to get a copy of that. And then finally, the first one. <laughs> I think we actually talked about this one last week because this yeah. is the one that Wizards announced. The OMG Kitties, uh, one of the least valuable of the drops, I think. But if you're a cat fan, like this is still something that's definitely going to be, I think, popular for people that either just love cats or have like a cat commander deck. Most of the cats are cats that. Uh, you would play in your commander deck. I think even the ones that look a little bad, like Quasali Slingers, that's actually like a super legit card if you're playing Cat Commander. Yeah, 
Yeah, correct. I mean, like, I know, I, I know that a few of my friends who just absolutely love cats and whatnot are just picking this up. It's like the artwork is pretty cute. I, I, yeah. I am a fan of how cute these cats are. So yeah, this is for all the cat lovers out there in magic. Uh, that this, this is it. This is for you. And I think the, the other thing I think that maybe has been missed, uh, about this is some of them, at least Quasali Singers is first time in foil. So if you want foils for your commander deck, this is the only version that's in foil at the moment, I believe. I have no idea, actually. I, I think this, you're right, this might actually be the only one. So that might actually increase the value a little bit compared to what people are thinking at the moment, just because uh, some people want fully foiled commander decks, or as much foiled as possible, so. Yep. Anyway, Krim, before we move on, which we should, uh, are you ordering Secret Lair? Yes. Uh, like, I, I'm de- I definitely want all of them. I want all of them. Like, I, I just really like promos, so I, I love the packaging on it, too. And so I just, I think it's just a sweet little drop. I, I'm a promo collector and a promo lover, so I will always love these, this kind of stuff. It sounds like the perfect, uh, perfect Crim product. Plus it lets you, uh, mismatch your cards yeah, a little bit exactly. more with different arts. So <laughs> the more I can mix and match, the better. So <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Uh, like I said, I like that there's not a big rush to get it right now at noon because, uh, I can get it anytime in the next 24 hours. So still making up my mind. I think I'll probably get a couple of them at least. I really like, uh, as I said, the Serum Vision one, and I kind of want the Five Color Legend one for Commander. So I think I'm at least going to snag a couple of individual ones. Not 100% sure if I'm going to go for the full package or not, but I have time to figure it out thanks to this yeah. uh, new system. Yeah, it feels so nice. I, it feels great that I didn't have to also wake up like 30 minutes before this go goes up and like <laughs> refresh all day and all morning long. Plus, I have, like, very bad luck with actually getting stuff, even when I try to under the old system. Like, I would think that it was working, but then it wouldn't, and I don't know. So, I definitely like this new system much better than the old system. is. If Wizards is going to sell stuff directly, this is way more optimal than uh, the mad rush of everyone that crashes the website in, like, a five-minute period. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, so let's move on. From the world of Secret Lairs, we had an announcement from Channel Fireball talking about the formats of Grand Prix or Magic Fest, I guess, uh, at the start of 2020. The first, I think, four-ish months of 2020 are covered. Uh, did you see this announcement, Grim? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. What, uh, what kind of stuck out to you about it? Was there anything uh, in specific that jumped off the page? Well, for me, the things that stuck out were just Pioneer. Uh, yes. the, the change in some of the formats to, so that you can have like, you know, players tour qualifiers for, uh, Pioneer. Cause I have been playing a ton of Pioneer online. I have been digging up old cards that I never thought I'd get to play again to just build Pioneer decks. So. Yeah. I have also been playing a ton of Pioneer and it's cool to see it getting more support. Also, as far as the main events, there's a lot of Pioneer support. I think yeah. if you just look at the formats of the Grand Prix, uh, I think there's, unless I'm miscounting, I think it's five modern, five Pioneer, two standard, and then a couple of random limited GPs thrown in. So uh, yeah. definitely getting a lot of support at the Grand Prix level in the first half of 2020, which I'm super excited for. Like, oh man, I hope they cover some of them because I would really love, I in- really enjoy watching Pioneer Tournament. So fingers crossed that maybe we get some, uh, some coverage of at least some of the Pioneer Grand Prix. The other thing that jumped out to me is two standard GPs over a four-month period, and uh, this is a period where we have a set release. I think uh, Theros Beyond Death releases middle of January, like January 17th or something. Yeah. Uh, there's not a standard Grand Prix until the second week of March, March uh, 7th and 8th, so there's not actually any official like Wizards Grand Prix standard tournament for six weeks or so after the standard set release. What do you think about paper standard, Grim? Like, is is this a sign that, I don't know, standard is, I don't want to say dying, but is standard kind of like shifting more towards arena and away from the Magic Fest Grand Prix paper scene? That's kind of like how I looked at it as, like, everything is kind of, like, standard-wise is going to move, like, what looks to be, like, online, right? Because, I mean, you have MCQWs, you have all, like, as your competitive thing, and, you know, you have the ladder... Uh, like you can get your competitive fix online. So uh, it's all the other formats that we don't have stuff for. So that's why I, I, 
I'm actually a-okay with that, right? Because it's not like, unless the standard Grand Prix is in my backyard, I'm probably I'm probably not gonna go to it, right? Yeah, I would uh I would much rather as far as someone like watching coverage uh or keeping up on coverage, I would much prefer Pioneer and Modern uh myself as well. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but it seems like a a shift compared to what we've seen before where usually standard was the most popular format for GPs uh, as far as like the number of GPs for a long time standard got the most and then it was kind of standard and modern uh, roughly equal and now it feels like we're reaching a shift where maybe the big paper tournaments are focused on pioneer and modern and then standard's going to be the the arena format for the most part which I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing it's just a different thing I think compared to uh compared to where we were not that long ago like just a few years ago yeah like the like a few years ago there wasn't as like because like now with with twitch and and like streaming and like you know arena we have a lot of standard right exposure to standard before we didn't really I mean we did but like not nearly to the level we do now right so I I'm I'm okay with it not being standard. Actually, I'd much prefer it not be standard. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's probably, probably a decent thing for attendance. People seem extremely hyped for Pioneer at the moment. So I think capitalizing on, uh, this hype with doing like all these PTQs, doing a bunch of main events in Pioneer, I, I expect to see some really good attendance and like exciting stuff going on at the Pioneer GPs. Yeah. It's, I'm also excited to see what Pioneer looks like by the time these GPs hit. Like how, cause like, you know, cause like the bannings will have happened or uh, there's going to be more BNR. So I'm excited to just see what happens when, when like where standard is, I mean, uh, pioneer is when well, the, speaking, speaking yeah. where pioneer grim, I think that's a, that's a really good segue into our next topic, which, uh, is pioneer. We've had PTQ week for pioneer yep. on magic online. I think there were. I want to say eight. I know there was at least one every day for the past week. Uh, all Pioneer, tons and tons of PTQs. Uh, have you seen these results, Grim? And where is Pioneer at right now? What do you make of this big PTQ decklist dump? Well, as of right now, with every decklist so far, it's just mono black, uh, just like in the lead by a landslide, I think. And then, and then, and then like, you know, feel the dead decks. I don't know. You can choose your variant of it, like Saltai, Golgari. I mean, there's even one recently, uh, like, it's just like Golgari, like, yeah, lands. You have the, the, like, you have the scape shift version, uh, in Saltai, where you, you know, they have scape shift. They have, they have, uh, like the, like the blue for the counter magic and whatnot, too. Like, it, it's, it's just, let's just call it feel the dead in mono black. <laughs> That, that's that's legitimately what a ch- a chunk of it is, and then yeah. there, there's Simic aggro. There's other aggro decks, uh, the Rakdos aggro decks that kind of look a little bit like the Rakdos mid range deck or whatever you want to call it, Rakdos aggro from Amonkhet. So like, there's still a whole lot, even with how much mono black there is, which is like I think like right now, uh, like what thirteen percent of the meta or something like that. It, it, there's, I still run into a lot of different decks. Yeah, there's still definitely, I think, I think the format really at the top tiers is more or less like Smuggler's Copter versus Field of the Dead. If yeah. you're going to try to like simplify things into like one sentence, I think that's basically where Pioneer is at at the moment. But you are right. There are uh, variations within those decks with Smuggler's Copter decks. Mono Black's a big one, but Gruel Aggro has put up quite a few results recently. That's been another like big Smuggler's Copter deck. And then there's a lot of variation within the Field of Dead decks. Some of them are just almost like fair mid-range decks. Some of the Golgari builds, they're not even like that much of ramp decks. They're more just like playing their thought seizes and whatever, abrupt decays, assassins, trophies with a little bit of ramp with like Hour of Promise and stuff and knowing that Field of the Dead will win the late game. And then you have like dedicated, almost like the standard decks where you're like, Abriel Grazer, Grow Spiral, ramp, 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 try to get (laughs) as many Field of the Deads as quickly as possible and win really fast. So there is variation within them. And then there still are a bunch of other decks. Uh, do you think we have a BNR today? It's Monday. BNR yeah. will probably be coming out right about when, uh, when this right. podcast goes live. Do you have any predictions? We've had no changes the last two weeks. Do you think this is a week where we're going to see some changes to the format? I hope we see Feel the Dead leave. Um, that like, like, will it happen? I, I, I think, I, my guess is yes, there will be something today. 
I think Field of the Dead should be one of them. And I think Nexus is the other thing. I know that that seems weird, but like Nexus is still a thing that I run into online. And I think that it's just a miserable thing to play against. And like, it's, it's, it's not even that far down the list of like popular decks, by the way, like Nexus is still there. That's true. I mean, it's definitely not mono black aggro level or field of dead level, but it is a legitimate deck and it is a very obnoxious card. So I'm fine with Nexus getting banned. What do you think about Copter? I think for me, I think field of the dead is one of the most likely ones. I also think like, if you look at the numbers on smugglers Copter, like a month ago, it was at like 22% of the meta. And if you look at these PTQs, it was up to like 43% of the meta through the like top 30 decks, uh, 32 decks of these PTQs. And some of them, it was like 57, 58% of the top 32 decks, uh, individual PTQs. Do you think we've reached a point where Copter is, uh, is on the chopping block potentially? See, this is one of the things that I was like, okay. I understand Copter is everywhere right now, right? And, like, it kind of makes it so if you're playing any deck with a single creature, like, with creatures in it, there's just four auto-includes, which is Copter, right? Because Copter's not even legendary. So, like, yes, Copter is very good, but I feel like if Copter goes, what does aggro have? Uh, I mean, hmm. So do you think, so do you think if Copter got banned, do you think, like, Mono Black is just done? Or like gruel aggro. Do you think those decks are are reliant on copter to be competitive, or do you think you could just play the next best two drop or whatever and still keep keep on trucking with uh with these aggro decks? The next best two drop is still landslides away from where copter is, right? Because like that, like, that's definitely true. I I just think that the reason why copter is so good for aggro decks is because first off, it's like mutavolt. It gives you something that's like like sweeper proof. Because I'm not going to, like, animate it, like, in response to, like, a Supreme Verdict or something, right? So, like, hopefully there's... Not. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, like, that, that's that's why I like it. And it gives, like, aggro decks a way to sculpt their hand. Uh, you're getting flooded out. Well, that's fine. I can hold this land and then pitch it to keep some kind of actual spell. So, I like it because it just gives aggro the staying power. But if you chop that out of mono black... If all I'm worried about is Mutavault, then that's fine, right? Because, like, because of Copter, it forces us to really have instant speed removal. And, it, like, yes, when you combine Copter and, like, you know, with, with things like, and vehicles with, like, things like Three Fairy and, and like, Thoughtseize, it gets much harder to remove something like a Copter and a Mutavault. And now, if Mono Black loses Copter, all they have is Mutavault, so all I need to do is just, like, cast Cry of the Carnarium. And that pretty much ends the game. Hmm. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I, I'm kind of more in the, I think that I'm fine with just banning Field of the Dead and maybe something like, uh, I still think Once Upon a Time probably is just yeah, like too good I, and I should agree go. With that too. Uh, I think Nexus, I'm fine with that. Oko, I think is like hovering somewhere in the conversation. Uh, but I, I'm fine with banning Field of the Dead as the primary target and seeing what happens i've seen uh, an argument from some people that part of the reason why uh gruel and mono black are dominating so much right now is because they're the decks that can actually beat uh or hopefully beat the field of the dead decks so maybe yeah. like if you ban field of the dead then control can handle the aggro decks because control can't be field of the dead so maybe control can handle the aggro decks and the metagame like evens out so i'm okay with trying that for a week or two but i still my guess is, based on what we saw in Standard with Copter and what we've seen so far in Pioneer, I would still be very surprised uh, if Smuggler's Copter is a card that, like, is going to be long-term in the format. Like, I don't know, I don't think it's going to make it till the first player's championship. I-, I think it will still be very dominant, even if, like, Field of the Dead gets banned. Yeah, if Field of the Dead gets banned, it'll still, like, the, the card will be a staple until it gets banned, right? Like, a- any deck is just going to play four. If they can, it's just so, or for unless they print something better, which isn't good. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> we don't go that direction. I think the other challenge is like the removal in Pioneer does not line up very well with it. Like Black can kill it with Fatal Push for one mana, but outside yeah. of Fatal Push and Black decks, 
best case scenario, you're like breaking even mana wise with like a braid or a lightning strike or, uh, you know, whatever. Or worst case, you're trading down from three mana with like murderous rider or something like that. So I feel like, I feel like that's part of the problem. Like smuggler's copter is fine in modern because white has path to exile, red has lightning bolt, black has fatal push. Basically every deck can kill it for one mana in pioneer most decks, uh, and I think that's another reason why Mono Black is so big, is Mono Black is a color that can actually kill a Smuggler's Copter for one mana when no one else can. And when you look at white in specific, they have, like, yeah. Declaration in Stone, Blessed Alliance. Like, the white removal is really, really bad uh, against uh, Smuggler's Copter-type threats in the format. Yeah. I mean, so that that's, that's what I mean. Like, blue-white doesn't really work. Like, blue-white folds. Blue-white control just folds to, like, Copter and Mutavolt, right? And, yes, and, and you lose to Field of the Dead. You just get yeah. wrecked by literally everything. <laughs> yeah, like you just get super dunked on. And on top of that, they thought seize you. Both decks thought seize you. So like <laughs> So I, I I think that I understand the discussion for Copter being on the chopping block though. It, it, it's not unwarranted and it's definitely a very powerful card, but I just think that I'm in the camp where without it, aggro does lose a bit of power. It'll be interesting to see. I definitely, I think something is going to get banned today. I would be very uh, yeah. surprised if this was another no ban announcement. I think I would say Field of the Dead is probably, uh, Field of the Dead and Smuggler's Copter for me are like the two top tier cards followed by Once Upon a Time. And then there's a bunch of, who knows, like I wasn't actually expecting Veil of Summer to get banned. So maybe there's some like kind of oddball choice that we haven't been considering that wizards can like see in their data where they get to see all the games everyone's played that makes sense so uh, i don't know what about you Krim? any prediction before we move on from pioneer uh field is is i think the main one that i think will likely most likely to be banned also for those that are are, are listening uh we're we're like i don't think like there's been some internet talk like oh well the, you know like why are we so ban crazy right now but like this uh specifically for this format this format is a ban list that like we knew they were gonna like aggressively ban from the beginning from the beginning yeah i think if people if people want to be uh feel that way about like standard and other formats uh, that makes sense to me but i feel like my take on pioneer right now is wizards like intentionally didn't ban anything other than fetch lands but intentionally didn't ban anything and this is like a beta test period essentially on Magic Online where people are supposed to be playing. Wizards gets to gather data. And I think Wizards actually like wants feedback about what people think should and shouldn't be banned based on their experience with the idea being like, by the time we get to the players uh, tour events, the start of the year, then we should be at like a normal time. So I don't think these like weekly discussions of pioneer bannings, this isn't a long-term thing. This is a like next couple of months type thing. Why we're going through this like beta testing period. So I don't think we're still going to be talking about this every single week, uh, six months from now or whatever. Yep. Correct. Anyway, uh, one more format before we get to fish mail. Krim, uh, back before Pioneer was a thing, we both played a lot of modern. <laughs> Have you been playing any modern recently? To be completely honest with you, I've, I haven't touched modern <laughs> since Pioneer came out. I haven't touched modern. I played a few leagues here and there. Uh, I lost on turn three pretty consistently. And then I just like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of just out of it. I too have not really played much modern lately since Pioneer became a thing since uh, we had Pioneer and multiple standard bannings and rotation. So I just haven't really played modern in like a couple months, which is weird for me because for a long time, I think modern was the format I played most. Like I played more modern than standard by far for like fun and for content. But I feel like in this, this probably, I don't know, is going to come across wrong, but in some ways I think Pioneer is like made me like modern less. And I think the reason is the thing I love about modern is the, the diversity and the fact it feels like you can play a hundred different decks and be at least like semi competitive. That's what I always enjoyed about modern pioneer offers that same feeling where it feels like uh, tons of things are possible. And in some sense, because it's so new, even more things are possible. Cause you see like possibility storm being like a legit deck of subways and like weird off the wall stuff, but you also don't just die on turn three, which is one of Correct. my least favorite parts about modern is <laughs> yeah. you have a lot of like modern non games where it's just like, Oh, okay. You, you have your combo. Like I don't have the right piece of interaction. You just primeval tighten me on turn three. Good game. I guess we go to the next one. That doesn't really happen in 
Pioneer. So I feel yeah. like Pioneer offers a lot of what I loved about Modern or uh, still love about Modern, but without the parts of Modern that I dislike. Yeah. The the parts of Modern that I dislike are just just like you had mentioned, just like I don't like dying to turn three. I don't I mean on turn three and like I don't like you know, like there's just some things that are like an auto loss for you, right? Like even even as a like even my control deck has this weird shot of beating a feel of the dead deck, but like I don't, I don't and and like like you had mentioned, there's enough power because like you know we can play with like dig treasure cruise things like that, right? So like the power level of almost every deck is pretty solid, and and like yeah, I I, I don't know, and also there's no veil of summer, so in my <laughs> <laughs> I. I will also say, like, this isn't a knockabout modern, and I fully expect that I will play more modern again in the future. I think the other reason that I uh, am so pioneer heavy right now is because pioneer is fresh and new, and I love rotations. I, and this is like super rotation; it's a whole new format. This happens very infrequently, like never. When was the last time we had a new format officially supported? Going back to like modern back in like 2011 or something. It's been almost a decade. So I think uh, a few months from now, I will probably play more modern mixed in maybe the newness of pioneer will wear off a little bit and there'll be more of a mixture but but yeah for now it just uh, whenever i think about like firing up a modern league i'm just like eh, like i could or i could yeah. try this cool new pioneer deck and uh, and that sounds like a better plan for the afternoon yeah and like you'll actually get to play that cool new pioneer deck <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, which is pretty cool yeah, playing magic is is one of the yeah. best parts about playing magic. Yeah. <laughs> playing magic is pretty wild, you know? It's pretty wild. Oh, goodness. Uh so anyway, do we have uh, anything else we wanted to hit on or should we should we do some fish mail? Uh let's let yeah, let's do some fish mail. All right, let me uh <clears throat> do my my Richard impression. So uh, if you'd like your questions <laughs> answered on Fishmail, you can uh, tag them, hashtag MTG Fishmail. Uh, also, you can tag uh, me, uh, Saffron Olive, or uh, Richard, MTG Goldfish, and Krim, Asian Avenger. I don't know if you want actually Fishmail tagging you, but still, Krim. I, I don't uh, You're going to get some. It's also <laughs> the Asian Avenger, Oh, 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 oh. This, yes. This, this is the... relevant. This is relevant. <laughs> yeah. Who knows who you would be tagging if you just play yeah. Asian Avenger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, send in your questions for next week. Hashtag about TG Fish Mail, but let's answer some questions. So first off, from Nathan4069, with MC7 coming up, do you think there are too many Mythic Championships in a year? It makes the tournaments feel less special when it happens so many times in a year. I still like, like, I like this many Mythic Championships because then we also get to see more competitive play. Uh, it makes up for, like, example, since we don't get a ton of GP coverage, we get to now, we, we can still watch some competitive play. Uh, and, and, and like, I'm, I'm excited because I just like what it all feeds into. I do feel like there's been a lot of Mythic Championships in, like, the last month and a half. <laughs> I feel like the this specific time of year has been very Mythic Championship-heavy. I don't know if it's a, a bad thing overall, but I, I wouldn't mind them being spaced out a little bit more. It feels like sometimes we go, like, three months with no Mythic Championship, and then we have, like, two months where we have three Mythic Championships. So maybe just spacing them out more. And uh, we know that the Players Tour is starting next year, and that means sort of more mythic championships because each player's tour is actually like three different regional tournaments and they're all going to have coverage so i think we're going to like if you consider them to be mythic championships slash pro tour level events uh we're going to even more next year there's going to be a lot of high level magic next year yeah and because um, we'll have like the players like the rivals league we'll have all of that yeah, we'll still have like Arena Mythic Invitationals. We'll have Players Tour event. We'll have Players Tour Championship. We'll have the Rivals League. It's going to be definitely an interesting year next year for sure. Uh, ooh, Krim, this one's for you from Random Keho at the Asian Avenger. Since you opened a secret lair box, the deck box itself, how does it feel? Will it be suitable for a commander deck or two 60 card regular decks plus a sideboard? Uh, I, th so if like, a lot of people have been wondering about the deck, uh, the box itself. And like, if you're looking for something that you can like, I don't know, go climbing with and like have it like be durable. And I, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Cause like it, it's not meant to like get thrown around. I don't think it's still a very nice deck box though. And it does, if you're asking about the quality of it, but if you're asking about how much it can actually fit, it fits two single sleeve commander decks and it, it fit quite well, uh, perfectly. 
Wait, you uh, fit it, two commander decks in it? Yeah, yeah. I wow, fit that's two actually com- a okay. So that's even bigger than we're than uh than the viewer was asking. Like two yeah. commander decks, so you can easily fit two sixty card decks with a sideboard. Then correct, correct. Now, if you're if you're the kind of person that like quadruple sleeves, triple <laughs> sleeves, or whatever, I, I I can't speak to that. But I can tell you that, yeah, right now, my two single-sleeve commander decks perfectly fit into the box. Next up, from Bithical, uh, MTG Fishmail, sometimes you guys use instant speed removal on your opponent's draw step instead of on your turn when the opponent is tapped out, even against blue decks. Why isn't it more risky to let them untap? What are the conditions when it's better to do it on their draw step? Ooh, all right, Krim, give us uh, some control wisdom. Uh, okay, so specifically, I will remove something that needs to be removed, like 110% needs to be removed. I will do it right away, right? I won't let them, but like, I, I won't wait until their turn to let a blue deck untap. But, uh, reasons why I would let them untap, especially on their draw step and all that, is because I want them, if they have something to do, I want them to use on their next turn like let's say if i'm trying to resolve a spell and i need them to tap out right or i need them to spend some of their mana so what i'll do is i'll wait until their turn try to get them to use the like the counter spell or some way to protect it and this way uh, on my turn i can just try to slam a spell and get it to resolve and yeah and like it's usually and that's why it's like better to that's when it's better to do it on their draw step when you're trying to force them to tap out use their resources maybe they have some big spell that you know about like some let's say they have primeval titan and they're about to like windmill slam it so you want them to use something to protect i don't know something of theirs on their turn before they can jam their bomb yeah i think that's exactly it sometimes uh, against control decks you're actually not so much trying to remove the threat on the table you're trying to use your removal spell almost like a a thought seize for a counter spell where you're trying to get your opponent to to use their mana and their interaction during their turn so uh, in some situations the card on the table isn't the the actual battle that you're fighting you're actually trying to fight what's in your opponent's hand and that's when casting uh removal spells instant speed removal spells during your opponent turn makes sense at the same time there are also times when that is a very bad idea. Like if you're playing against an infect style deck or maybe like a pummeler style deck in Pioneer. Yeah. Where, uh, where you definitely want to kill it at the first opportunity possible or else you risk losing to, uh, to your opponent's like protection spells. Yeah. Like a blossoming defense or like, I don't know, brave the elements or something like that. Uh, next up from 11 vicious. How do you feel about wizards officially printing and selling singles with secret layers? Second question. Would Riftstone portal getting a complete land cycle be too good in standard nowadays so we kind of already talked up <laughs> ripstone portal <laughs> right now we already talked a little bit about uh the secret layer aspect in singles um i think the conclusion we came to for the most part is it is a change in my opinion and uh but it's probably not a huge deal with this specific set of secret layers however we'll see what the future holds like uh, if they had a secret layer drop that was a mox opal for 30 dollars or something i could see that having a, a pretty big impact on like local game stores but i think with this specific group of secret layers uh, it's a change and it's worth noting and i'm a little concerned about local game stores but i don't think these actual drops are going to have a, a a hugely detrimental impact on local game stores Agreed. Uh, as far as Riftstone Portal, Grim, could it be in standard, a cycle of them? So, Riftstone Por- Portal, for those that don't know what it is, just like me, um, adds one colorless mana if you tap it, and then as long as eight, as long as Riftstone Portal is in your graveyard, lands you control have add green or white to your mana pool. Okay, so this, I feel like can be a little this like rewards decks that like throw their a ton of cards away into their deck like i'm thinking like i don't know let's just say delirium for this case or or, or dredge decks and things like that obviously i i don't think this is gonna be what i'm complaining about if i'm playing against a dredge deck but i do think that lands like this are i don't know i, I think it's too good i think it's i i, I think it's too good I, I i think what would make it ridiculous is if it had the type right like then then it'd be even better but 
like I, I don't know. I don't. I guess it's not too good, but I do think it's good. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. I I think I'd probably be fine with it. Like the payoff is all your lands are a specific dual land. I guess if you can get it into your graveyard, that doesn't seem overly broken to me especially with the, there's some amount of risk like if your well, plan is to go full in on this and get it in your graveyard and then your graveyard gets removed maybe you just like can't cast any of your spells so i don't know i think it's probably close as far as power level to like on the borderline but i would be fine with giving a cycle of those a shot in standard i think i don't think it would like obviously break the format or anything i, th- I think the mana would be pretty like would be pretty good in whatever standard format that's in right because what it what if i have a different one right because like not just the celestia one like i also have i don't know the uh the simic one it, hmm. like like and then i also have the celestia one so almost all my lands can just tap for whatever i want right oh uh, okay that's that's i guess that's a a good point about the cycle maybe having a cycle of them would be more risky than I'm giving it credit for, because maybe everything is just like a a painless city of brass if you build the right deck. Correct. Like, and then all I need to do is like I don't know, cast some kind of uh something like I don't know, something like a Seder Wayfinder, right? And just like grab an actual land and throw these away. Next question. MTD Warden. Hey guys, when Modern Horizon dropped, I asked if you were concerned if Modern was becoming legacy light with Pioneer. It seems like you have changed your mind. Any thoughts on it? What does Legacy Light mean, though? Right? Like, just like, we just don't have Force of Will. (laughs) Yeah, and and dual lands, I guess. Some other, like, small changes. I think for me, I think I'm okay with Modern. I hope Modern becomes more of Legacy Light. I feel like getting more Legacy, like, Force of Will-style cards might actually improve the format. So, I think I'm okay with... Legacy becoming more of a fringe format. Modern maybe taking Legacy's place is like the oldest, like heavily supported format and maybe getting more, uh, Modern Horizon style reprints, uh, Force of Will style cards or even Wasteland and stuff. And then having nope. Pioneer oh, no. be the, <laughs> having Pioneer be the format of the people. Yeah. I, I, I for the most part agree with what Seth <laughs> said. There. Except for, for the wasteland. The, 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 yeah, no wasteland. <laughs> Please, no wasteland in modern. Okay. <laughs> like, but, but I do think that like modern can definitely just take the role, like uh, Seth had mentioned, of being the legacy format. Um, and uh, like where legacy is now, uh, it just needs a little bit, uh, <laughs> as weird as it sounds, it needs better answers. It needs a little bit better, a few more like solid answers, like force or something to to keep the the ridiculously broken decks in check. Yeah, that's what I think too. I think that would be the I, force of negation was a a good start, but unfortunately, the way modern works, there's a lot of like creature based combo decks where the things that's killing you are like uh, vizier devoted druid or like primeval titans, and force of negation doesn't actually help there. So maybe maybe like a a force of will force of negation even if you kept the you can only cast this during your opponent's turn clause but just open it up to any spell i think that would maybe go a long way and also to get around cavern of souls don't counter it remove it off the stack that's (laughs) why we need wasteland crim (laughs) oh no 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 no, no, that you can wasteland the cavern and counter your opponent's spell you would be in heaven as a control player no no (laughs) because then the person also can (laughs) that same person you're trying to counter out of the game can also wasteland you (laughs) And then it just becomes a wasteland fest where everyone's going to blow up each other's lands. Next question from E. Silvero. Pioneer didn't make modern cheaper. It made non-playable modern cards more expensive. Any thoughts? I think just like, a, like well, every card from Return to Ravnica Ford has like gone up, right? I mean, dig through times are worth things again. Uh, you know, we've, we've got just lots of cards that are worth things again. And I... Yeah, the price of magic, paper magic, I feel like has gotten a bit pricier with Pioneer now being a format. It has certainly made non-play or like uh, yeah. cards that weren't very playable more expensive. On the other hand, I do actually think that it has made modern less expensive. I don't know how much it has reflected itself in deck prices. I would have to like research that a little bit. But if you look at a lot of modern staples, even right down to like fetch lands, I was looking at fetch lands the other day since. Uh, 
since Pioneer was a thing, Fetchlands, for example, like Scalding Tarn, was up to $100 back in September. It's down to 80 bucks now, and it, it has had like a huge drop off the cliff, but it's been consistently losing a couple percent every single week. Mox Opal was 130 It's down to $99. Uh, Ether Vial was 40 It's down to 31 So I feel like almost across the board, modern staples have gotten cheaper. Uh, so I think it has made modern prices cheaper to some extent, although it has also, like, overall, I think it's been outweighed by the fact that so many Pioneer cards shot up in price, and if you're trying to play yeah. both formats, you're going to have to spend a lot of money. But I do think modern cards in specific have come down because of Pioneer. Like, there are cards that have, like you had mentioned, dropped in price, but I feel like now the overall price, because like, you want to play both Pioneer and Modern, like, the overall amount of things that you're you're, you're like spending money on is more to me. It's, if you want to play mo- uh, both formats, I think I would definitely agree with you. Yeah, because you're, you're having to put out a pretty meaningful chunk of money to like build a pioneer collection most likely yeah like I'll, like I'll have to move my monastery mentors between decks right because <laughs> that card's expensive again from Gregory Emin has anyone tried out the new MTG mobile game as far as I can tell it's Hearthstone with blockers uh, I have not tried the MTG mobile game Krim uh, have you have you tried it out I didn't even know it came out <laughs> <laughs> so no. <laughs> uh, I think I saw like a, a article or something about it, but yeah, I, I don't think either of us have played it. We'll have to, we'll have to try to uh, download it and give it a try and get back to you, but thank you so much for the question. Next question, Tyrannic Nero. Does anyone think Once Upon a Time would be balanced if the first time cast was just green instead of free? I think if it were just green instead of a free, that would be a lot more balanced. I think that would be one way to uh, to do it. I think that would definitely make it more balanced. I also think that uh, maybe the ley line technique that we kind of talked about last week would uh, improve it a lot, where if maybe... Because two mana for Once Upon a Time is still a pretty reasonable price for what you're getting. If, like, hard casting it was maybe, like, three to four mana, uh, and it was actually, like, actively bad if you had to cast it, then I think maybe having it be free would be okay, because at least you had some risk there. But casting it for free is insane. Casting it for two mana, it's still a very, like on curve or maybe even a little bit above curve card when you have to pay two mana for it i i don't think yeah like like i don't think the card is bad casting it just for two so i i do i I do think that it being casted for free is absurd so just make them pay anything like one sure make them pay one that's good Last question of the week from Real Tap Water. I've bought the Secret Lair bundle, but I only want a few cards. Should I sell singles or sealed product? Is it stupid to sell now, or should I hold on to them? And for how long? Ooh. Uh, all right, so uh, my advice would be to wait. I think that yep. these are cards that are likely to increase in value over the long term, because as far as we know, there's 24 hours worth of supply, and then... Uh, unless something surprising happens, there's no more of those cards, uh, those versions of the cards entering the ecosystem. Uh, so I feel like a couple of years from now, some of these have potential to be fairly expensive. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like selling my cards. <laughs> so I, I would always say hold on to it for as long as you can. Just like Seth had mentioned, it's like, yeah, like people have 24 hour windows to pick them up. So it just feels like something that's going to eventually go up in price if you, if you're worried about it, like in its value. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think if you desperately need the money now, uh, the prices probably are fine. As far as should you sell singles or sealed product? I don't know the answer to that. I haven't actually... We'll see once uh, people start getting their drops in a couple months. It'll be interesting I, to see what they resell for, like on eBay or something. Uh, I, I'm not sure what they're going to sell for sealed. Yeah, I'm not really sure what th- that'll look like, but I do think that it's nice. It's it's a lot easier when you try to sell everything as a set than a bunch of singles, right? Because like, it, like, there are a few people, granted, that like look for specifically... Like, I'll look for random cards in a Mythic Edition set, or just, like, a single, like, the Tamiyo and only the Tamiyo. So, I don't know. I like selling it as a set, though. And I think uh, keeping it sealed also would kind of, like, 
guarantee condition, which might help a little bit as far as reselling it too, compared to just like random singles. You never know, like uh, how beat up are they? And some people are skeptical of that. So if you keep it sealed, uh, people know they're as mint as they can be at least. Yep. Anyway, I think that uh, is the end of our fish mail. So thank you so much to everyone who sent in questions. And if you want your own question considered for next week, hashtag it. MTD Fishmail, send it to us. We'd love to answer it for you. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 253 of the MTD Goldfish podcast. So Richard should be back next week. Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. Make sure to check out their merch store, spikesacademy.myshopify.com. And today for Cyber Monday, 20% discount on some really cool shirts and hoodies. So thank you to them as well. Anyway, on that note, uh, yeah, I think it brings us to the end. We'll be back next week to talk about Mythic Championship 7, whatever else happened in the world of magic. So until then, this is the crew signing out. Bye.